Hi, welcome to my pod- podcast, Articulate. My name is Divya Sharma, and I have started this podcast to bring together students of art from all over the world to create a community by talking with them about their backgrounds, their art practice, their inspirations, and experiences. Today, I have the privilege and pleasure to talk to Anya Sabet. She is a medical doctor. Uh, no less and she works in the ane department of the st thomas's hospital and she's also a master student of sculpture uh, in the royal college of art so uh, let's start talking with anya hi anya how are you hello divya hi i'm very well thank you so are you off from work today it must be really hectic yes it's my day of work Fantastic. so it's nice talking to you my day off Yeah, that's great. So, um, did you ever sign up to uh, be in such a situation when you studied to become a doctor, considering what strange times we are in right now? Um, it is. It's 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 surreal what we're going through. But yeah. um, I'm sort of a little bit used to this um, uh, because I grew up um, in Iran and. Um, Um, I went through eight years of war, and um, is it that, wow? That was that was a bit worse than this. So, yeah, I'm I'm not. Uh, this is not unfamiliar for me. Oh my goodness, that's uh, um, yeah. You uh, tell us a bit more about uh, yourself, Anya. I know you're from Iran, but uh, to give some more um, information to our listeners, where uh, which part of Iran and. Uh, did you study your medicine there, or did you study your medicine in in the UK? I'm not sure. Why don't you let us know a little more? Sure. Um, I was born in Portsmouth in UK. Oh. Uh, and yeah, it's strange. My father was in the navy, and he was there, and uh, that's why I was born there. But that uh, that was lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we went uh, traveling with my parents around the world, and. Uh, We went back to Iran, and uh, I went to school in Iran. I did my primary school, my secondary school. My I got my high school diploma from Iran uh, when I was sixteen. Then I, when I was seventeen, I came to UK, um, did my A levels, and uh, went to medical school here. I went to Imperial and uh, started practicing medicine. Oh, is it okay? So. Um So where does art fit in? <laughs> Now I know that you have a really busy and hectic, and um, of course a rewarding career as a doctor. So how, uh, when did you realize that you have a an inclination and a talent towards um, doing something creative? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I have the talent, but um, yeah, I've always. I loved art. I didn't even know that I loved art. I just know that I loved colors and shapes and drawing and uh, you know um, volumes um, and um, I always paid attention to these. But growing up in in a war situation, art was um, a luxury not many people could afford, and it it wasn't something that anybody thought about really seriously as a career. Um, so that. Um, wasn't an option really. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember even mentioning it, um, but um, I was told that that uh, I I mustn't pursue that as a as as a career. 
Um, and I'm looking back and I, I understand it. You know, growing up during war, it's it's a situation where you know survival is 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 the most important thing, um, and um, that's um, what life meant. Mm. Um, but when we came back, um, came to UK, um, things were different. Um, I I still um, pursued a career in medicine. Um, but I noticed that uh, going through life, um, life, I don't, I, don't, I don't know why life was so, uh, felt difficult. I felt like everything I'm doing in life, it felt like I had um, chains around my leg and I was dragging myself through life. I just couldn't explain it. And, um, and I, I sh- it just, I, 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 I saw that very vivid image. Um, and I remember one day I bought um, a canvas and some very cheap paint uh, and just splashed some, splash some paint on canvas. Right. And, um, and I did that all day uh, and uh, fell asleep. The next morning I woke up and the chains were broken. Oh, my God. And I thought, well... Maybe that's what I should be doing in life. Mm-hmm. So, so I started, you know, doing some abstract work because I couldn't draw really. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I had no sort of formal training in art, um, and uh, and it got to a point that um, you know I di- I did okay with my abstract. Uh, people who saw my paintings wanted to buy them. Um, and uh, that was exciting for me. So I started reducing, I retrained. Um, I started off by um, sort of um, started off by wanting to do uh, head and neck surgery um, uh, specialization in medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very soon I stopped and I retrained um, as a GP. That um, took a bit of time and uh, so that I could work part time so I could um, give more time to art, right? Um, and um, and then it got to a point, and that that started happening. Mm. It took a long time, but it started happening. And I got to a point that I thought, ah, you know, I'm not an artist, really. I'm a fake. The true artist is the person who can paint realism, mm. and if I paint a, a real picture, a realism. Uh, then I would be an artist, then I would die happily. <laughs> <laughs> then I looked at all these courses in Florence and stuff, and I thought, oh, four years here, and I was ready to do it. Mm. Um, but it, it, it was a lot. Uh, it took, you know, I had a partner at the time, and it, would, it meant a lot of sort of big changes for both of us. Right. Uh, and I found this guy in Austin who said, oh, I can teach anybody to paint, um, and in one week, and you don't have to have any background. And I thought, ah, that's me. That's exactly what I want. Mm. So I, I looked up, and his next course was, uh, was two days after I, I looked at the course. And I remember I just like, immediately, I wrote to him. I said, I want to do the course. I transferred the money. I wrote to the hospital, canceled everything. Mm-hmm. Got a hotel and I was on my way and I went there and a week, you know, I did the one week course and learned to paint realism. 
Um, his name is Mark Carter. He's still painting and he's still teaching in Austin, as, as far as I know. Uh, then, um, I'm then I... I must interrupt you and let the listeners know that uh, <laughs> I can see, this is a video call that we are having, and I can see that painting that you made in Austin, Texas, behind you, of that little child. And I mm-hmm. cannot believe how beautiful it is. And I, it's like you learn something to paint like that in one week. That means you are like a, it absolutely, you're a natural at it. I think you should, uh, I'm surprised that you haven't done more. And I'm definitely going to add that picture in my blurb next to this uh, <laughs> talk. Yeah, continue, continue. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people told me if you can paint like this, I mean, a lot of people thought like, it was I didn't paint it, and then when they sort of believed me, they thought, "Well, if you if you're telling us the truth, why don't you paint more?" Huh? Yeah. And uh, yeah, why? You know, I just wanted to. I love learning, and I wanted to learn more. And then I I started going to museums and looking at all these things which weren't realism, which mm. were you know, impressionism, and lots of other, you know, fauvism and. I thought, wow, well, these are beautiful too. And I started getting drawn into that and I started experiencing um, in, in those genres. And, um, and I just... So you learned was, art history on your own, is that what you're saying? Um, yes. Um, I haven't had any formal training. I ju- it's just by observation, just going to a lot of exhibitions, um, a lot of museums. We have this wealth of museums in London. Yes. I mean, I can't even keep... Uh, keep up with them and I feel very lucky living here um, uh, because of that and um, yeah I started just just going I would go to the same exhibition several times and would just stand there looking at the brushworks and, and, and try to think what the artist thought and why I liked something and why I didn't like something that's so important Anya my goodness just to go and understand yourself by looking at these artworks as to how you respond to them. that I mean, that's something that you don't even learn in art school, I think. You have to just learn as a person, as, as you mature as a, as a person, you kind of learn that. So how did you, from there, how did you go on to become a, becoming a sculptor? And how did you even uh, approach the RCA? And what kind of portfolio did you present to them? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of an unbelievable story. Um, I uh, put Geneva, which uh, is the painting of the little girl, because so many people told me, it's oh, it's amazing, we love it. I, I entered it into an exhibition, and it went to the mall galleries into an exhibition. Wow, okay. And uh, five minutes or ten minutes after opening, uh, this guy bought it. Um, who was an art dealer and um, we became friends he's now my best friend <laughs> we get on like a house on fire um, he was very important in my art education um, he encouraged me to go and see exhibitions and museums he encouraged me to do more and I remember there was um, he said why don't I do more courses and I went we went together to the end of year the diploma show in in Hedley's School of Fine Art which is in Lots Road in Chelsea in London yeah and I remember I I saw the painting exhibition but when I saw the sculpture exhibition and I thought wow I loved it Mm -hmm. I mean 
it was something I'd never touched before. And but I loved that they, they were so different. The works were so different, and it showed me that the teachers are allowing students to grow in their their own sphere, and they're not being coerced into one way uh, or another. I just loved something about the sculpture works there, and and so I enrolled to do sculpture. And um, and then I got the sculpture prize, and I thought, well, what, what am I sculpture do? prize? Pray, please tell us about that. What sculpture prize was this? Oh, it was uh, the sculpture prize at Hedadis, and then um, there was another one that um, was um, it of a of a head of a, a figurative sculpture of a person. Um, no, it was an installation actually. Mm -hmm. uh, that was an installation in in Hedley's. I got the prize for 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 the diploma show I did, mm. and it was installation of weird creatures and found objects, um, and um, and uh, I think a lot of people came to that show, and somebody nominated me for um, uh, for for something called the Future um, uh, British Artist sort of award from Mall Galleries, and then I went on to that as well that was a sort of a portrait head but as abstract portrait head that i'd made mm. but but i thought what am i going to do after this i need a studio i need workshops and i thought well you know maybe i should do another course and i thought well you know maybe i do a ba in art because you know that would have some sort of a structure to it mm. so i all this sort of uh, through UCAS the year that I was qualified actually I applied for five because that's what you can do yeah and I went to interviews I got interviews um and I in the interviews I had I had a feedback like um, why aren't you doing an MA why did you apply to do a BA and I thought what <laughs> and I said, I'm not ready to do an MA I'm just just started and I remember at Chelsea College of Art, this lady said, well, your work is really good. Why are you here? And she, she even said, you should be in RCA. <laughs> oh, wow. That's and, and I thought, what? <laughs> and she said, well, look, if you want to do some, if you don't want to do an MA, there is this course called, called uh, this course called uh, Graduate Diploma. Mm. It's a new course. It's one year. It's between BA and MA. Why don't you do that? And I said, okay, I'll do that. In Chelsea? In Chelsea, yeah. Mm. And then a friend of mine at Hedley said, oh, well, RCA has brought out this, the same course. Right. Why did they apply to that? And I thought, well, you know, I've got that. You know, I have nothing to lose. Why don't I apply? I mean, they'll never have me, of course. But <laughs> I applied to that. And I remember when I got an interview, I thought, oh, you know, of course they made a mistake. Why would they want me? Because I'm, you know, I'm no good. So I, I contacted them. I said... I have this email that says that I have an interview. And they said, yes. I said, is that is that right? Is that not a mistake? They said, no, no, you have an interview. Oh, my <laughs> God, Anya, I can't believe it. You're so <laughs> modest. Oh, my goodness. Uh. I went for an interview. And my interview was with the then dean of um, arts and humanities, Prof. Juan Cruz. And I have I don't have experience uh, with these things, so I just went there with a box full of like a few of my works, and I set them up, and I started talking about it. And I remember he he looked at me. He said, <laughs> he said, if you could do an MA, which MA would you do? And I thought, what? 
Ah, uh, he just warned me. I knew it. I knew it. He and was I, offering it to you on a platter, basically. I was just staring at him, saying, and I just, I was just staring at him. He said, and he repeated his question again, and I was just quiet. I was just staring at him, and he said, "Look, I've given this to you. You've got it. Now, which tell me which MA you want to do?" And I said, "Oh well, I guess I would do sculpture because I'm interested in making installations." He said, "Then apply," and I thought what <laughs> and look i'm i'm asking you to apply because <laughs> i was just sitting there like a zombie staring at him <laughs> wow and i thought okay <laughs> and i remember he was such a gentleman he helped me take my box back back downstairs and all the way going through the lift and walking down i did not say a word <laughs> i was so quiet zip and i thought one more word and he might change his mind <laughs> <laughs> gosh so then i applied and i got him that's how it happened that's smart people for you i think you have the combination of uh looks obviously and i mean amazing brains but this beautiful openness about yourself that you you don't even know who you are how good you are that is uh that makes you attract all this talent i suppose no, so yeah i was lucky ah and um that was such an amazing story really so how how do you manage to um combine both such serious pursuits i know that um like treating people and taking care of people and um uh being in such a you know um difficult surroundings as in a hospital versus um going back to your studio and basically changing hats to become an artist how do you manage that is it a challenge is it something that is difficult is it something that you have to think about all all the time uh, yeah that's a very good question it is i tell you it is not easy it's not easy at all because i find i mean this is how i find it it might be easier for other people but i find me being a doctor i take on completely different perhaps personality or role i activate a different part of my brain um i make different decisions um uh, than when you die an artist and i would say they sometimes are the opposite of each other yeah they, they are mm. they can meet at some places i would say they're both problem solving mm-hmm. you know, i might want to make something but how to make it is a big problem usually yeah. for me <laughs> yes and then it's uh, you know how does it how can it work in medicine we have sort sort of similar things um um and because nothing presents as as textbook you get this mishmash of signs and symptoms and to make a diagnosis and to see what is the best treatment for this person at this time um so yeah um i found it very difficult um it's still not easy but it's still it's easier mm-hmm. i feel like i'm transforming when i um uh, when i go to work i go have to go to walk through this very long corridor to get to um um to the a and e department which is accident and emergency department right and i feel like in that corridor i breathe <laughs> like you breathe in yoga <laughs> and i go into a different skin and i become a doctor 
Um, and when I see my first patient, you know, you, it is, I'm there, I'm talking to them and everything changes. I find turning then, turning back into practicing art, that is much more difficult. Um, I think we talked about this analogy once, but it's, I feel like it's like when you're reading a book and you're getting really into it, and um, I usually, when I read a book, I imagine I'm there, I feel things, I smell things, and I'm experiencing the words. And when somebody calls out your name and they want you to do something for five minutes, I, 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 I go out and I do that and I come back. And it takes me ages to get back into that book again. Yes. Similar, the same with art. It takes time. So... Um, it it does um, it does cut it up and divide it and um, and I feel like to practice both one has to take a very minor role and for the past um, three four years I've made medicine the minor role one but now with the prison conditions is taking on a major role again. So don't you think there is any intersection uh, where you can. Uh, uh, use your skills as an artist in your medical profession and your skills as somebody who's use scientific principles in your art. I don't know. It's something, it's just come popped in my head, but can you ever try and uh, uh, use your experiences in both to uh, enhance each uh, of your professions? Have you ever thought of it that way? Rather than and rather than dividing them and making them like separate compartments in your head. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, to a very, to 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 a small extent, yes. I mean, I've used my um, <clears throat> surgical um, suturing <laughs> techniques to. Make I know that I saw altered. that. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, and the fact that in in medicine, loads of times you come across things you've never seen before, but you just have to dive in and do it, mm. and that gets rid of fear. Um, and I, I find that useful. Um, I didn't used to be like that, but um, I find that useful not to be frightened of something and just to tackle it head on. And it doesn't matter. So what? You will fail. Um, I mean, in medicine, it does matter, <laughs> but in art, <laughs> I guess. Get better. A lot of my works um, um, massively improved when they break when when something went go wrong with them. Mm. Um, Is it? It's uh, like. Do you use your intuition uh, as a doctor? Like when you see the in, uh, yeah, yeah I, and their symptoms and stuff. Yeah, I. Well, I don't know if it's intuition, but I use a lot of observation. I use, I really pay attention to my observation. Um, I mean, an examination starts the first time we look at a patient, and it can be before even you call them into the room. Mm. And, and, you know, you observe them as you're passing, the way they're moving. You could, somebody can be, for example, moving very easily in the room and they, they come into the, to the consulting room when you call them out, you know, limping, and you think, well, you know, five minutes ago that was fine. And then, you know, things like that. Or um, the way they smell, the way they dress. Yeah. It all gives you information about, about an inner stories of a person. And they're very important. I find that, that this, it's just 
astonishing stories pop out and and uh, amazing things come out um, that people tell me they haven't told anyone before and they're medically very important. Mm. When I tap into that um, non-verbal um, communication and and body language and non-verbal cues. Um, yeah, so in that sort of observation is also there in art, if you like. Uh, but with art, when you when I'm creating, um, it's a f- I I I mean I, that's how I do it. I try to block medicine. I go and become a different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had, I was seeing, did you see Grayson Perry's Channel 4 uh, program, which has come up um, about doing art in the lockdown? It's really quite funny and quite interesting. And he said something about uh, combining science and art. But I forget now, I was, I had kept it aside to talk to you, but then it's gone now. So what I hear from what you're saying is... Um, that you are comfortable being on a learning curve, even um, as a person who's a mature student who's um, who's done her graduation and master's much earlier, but you don't mind learning new things and being you're comfortable in not knowing about new new aspects about. Um, whether it's art or whether it's something related to subjects that you are interested in. Would you say that's um, an important quality in in becoming uh, good and a a good artist? Um, Can you repeat your question again? So, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I personally, as an artist, I'm an artist too, but to learn something new, there is something called an, a learning curve, isn't it? And most people who are older, they are not comfortable to admit that they don't know something and that you have to, you know less than other people or you know less than the tutor. And it's a really uncomfortable position to be as an older person. I know you're not very old, but then you're not like a 25-year-old who goes to university, <laughs> you know? So... How, how important do you think it is to keep an open mind to um, keep on learning, continuous learning, as you say? Yeah, it's yeah, very good question again. Um, for me, uh, it is perhaps my very essence. I'm 47 years old, by the way. I'll soon be 48. Um, I don't feel uh, this age, whatever it is supposed to feel like, but I don't feel any age um ever um i think learning is very important um in life it is for me mm-hmm. uh, it is i find it's very exciting um i try to learn when i find a good teacher i i try to learn anything that they have to teach um i've um so since i've started with the painting and the sculpture uh, studied filmmaking um i've done um, printmaking i um um i have um, studied psychology which is which is i feel like it is immensely important um it has been immensely important in medicine and in art yeah exactly my own personal life as well um and i'm still studying psychology 
Um, I do these online classes and I am teaching a couple of other peoples as well. Um, I find, I mean, it depends on people's personality. I think I like doing sort of a mixture of things. And perhaps that's why I work in an emergency department yeah. because you don't know what comes through the door and it can be anything, um, anything that walks from the street uh, into the emergency department, uh, we'll see. And, um, and that I find very exciting, that sort of detective work. And um, I can tell you this, once you've done any, you'll never be able to go back to becoming a GP <laughs> because it's, yeah. it's so exciting, isn't it, to see such different yeah. types of things coming in. Yeah, although in a GP practice, as is exactly the same, you will see a mixture of everything. Anything can walk into a GP practice, but it's a much more acute setting in hospital yeah. Um, which I sort of prefer a little, but uh, and also there is the 10 minutes limitation on any consultation in the GP practice, which I'm not very keen on. Uh, that is why I sort of I work in the emergency department. But um, yeah, learning is very important, and it's for me it's the these things that have been mysterious in my life, and I I love learning about them. Oh. <laughs> perfect so um, I and I've heard many times that you say in this conversation about good tutors and good teachers so have you um, come across a mentor for your um, practice who has uh, kind of helped you or who has changed your style of working or do you know of any re remarkable tutor that you can speak of and how important are good mentors in anybody's learning journey I, uh, I find um, good mentors priceless I mean there are some people who can read a book and learn everything from a book I'm not like that um, I, um, I've had a few very good I've been very lucky to have some very good uh, mentors uh, Mark Carter who painting was one of them he's taught me a tremendous amount uh, about images and paint and how to mix paint, how to see color uh, and what light does. Um, um, Mr. Mohsen Mahmalbov, which is an Iranian filmmaker um, who is uh, now a friend of mine, has uh, taught me filmmaking, which is an extremely com complicated concept. And this is what intelligent people do, I think. They make really complicated things and make it super easy. Yeah, And it's simple. possible. Yeah. And I love, I love learning from them. Um, and he's also teaching psychology. Uh, and, um, um, and resourcefulness, how to make do with less and make the maximum out of it, isn't it? As filmmakers, yeah. they have to literally make do with budgets and number of people and get uh, so much done with so little resources. Oh my God. To be a good filmmaker, you need so many qualities. It's unbelievable. You need to be an artist, uh, a psychologist, a manager, a financier, a god and everything. <laughs> a writer. Um, and there was this yeah. film on uh, a movie, you know, the, the film um, app. 
and it talks about how um, Kurosawa, the Japanese filmmaker, actually makes his film. It's really interesting. You, if you have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah, I'll go and have a look. And and uh, other mentor has, who's been very important in my life uh, was Mr. Harry Smith. Uh-huh. Uh, the the sort of art um, uh, expert who bought my painting. Right. And now then we became very good friends. Uh, he taught me a tremendous amount about art. Um, and uh, it's been very important in my, uh, in my art career. Um, so do you have long conversations with these people over a drink about philosophy and ideas and, and anecdotes? And it's so important, isn't it? Talking yeah. with people. Yeah. I have long conversations with these people with, I mean, yeah, you can, you can go on forever. I love talking to these people. Um, yeah, I'd yeah. like to meet Tony Mott as well, the, my sculpture teacher from Hedley's, uh, who we have good friends with. Mm, amazing. So, Anya, what would you say about um, the people who are, you know, in lockdown and I know you're doing psychology and you're a doctor. So I've heard lots of people suffering and um, turning to art and turning to something creative to keep themselves out of the pain of... Yeah. So what what kind of um, advice or practice would you recommend for people who are in lockdown and in quarantine? Yeah, I mean, I... um... I'm not sure if I'm in a position to advise other people, but what I do um, that is, that's made things very, um, much easier for me is, um, so if there is something you're interested in, um, there are all these online resources, try and learn it. It, if, it doesn't matter what it is, but it has to be something which really excites you. Mm-hmm. And try and just listen to the inner feelings and see what that thing is. Um, um one thing that I think is important, if we can't do anything to change something, it's best to accept it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there are very high levels of anxiety uh, in, in the society, understandably. Mm. Um, sometimes it's not a bad idea to switch off and not listen to the news and not look at the numbers and the statistics. And... Um, and um, just um, try and do something fun. Um, keep, um, I think it's really important to exercise, to keep on exercising our mind and our body. Yeah, that's um, really important, yes. Um, sort of reading can, can be one way. Um, um, I've recently bought these apps that allows me uh, to, to do video editing because uh, I'm not very good with my computer, but these apps are really, really easy. And um, mm-hmm. I've started... In sort of small videos and you can do sound editing as well and add sort of effects, special effects. Um, well Would you mind mentioning which ones? Uh, it's on my phone. It is, there are four of them. It's called Pixaloop, Photofox, Video Leap, and Quick Shot. They're part of the same company. Okay. Right. The ones I use most is um, Pixaloop and Video Leap. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's a little pricey, but it's well worth every penny, I think. 
Uh, and, and people have been coming to me and saying, how do you make these videos? Can you show, show us? And uh, you can make turn your drawings into lovely videos. Yeah, to be that. honest, I wanted to ask you myself, but I thought maybe it's like a trade secret. Why would uh, no, Anand no. <laughs> talk about her no, no. skills? I'll go through you. It's easy. <laughs> so, um, great. What is your next project? And do you know of any, uh, what you're working on at the moment? What's your plans? Um have have you got any plans regarding your next exhibition, um, the RCA? Would you like yeah. to talk about that, or is it too um, no um, big at the moment? In, it's it's difficult to make sort of concrete plans. Yeah, uh, because uh, we just don't know how things are going to turn out. Of course, <laughs> yet. Um, but I'm hoping to, I mean, I had to stop my studies at um, RCA, unfortunately, uh, but for obvious reasons. Um, and I'm hoping to go back next year and finish my MA. Um, we don't even know if that's, that, that is possible for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, exhibitions and life plans. I dream. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that's what we can do take flights of imagination <laughs> flights of fancy i've been looking at places in france thinking oh wow <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to sort of um stay there for a while and make sculptures you know after rca yeah yeah i, I dream yeah <laughs> it was fantastic such an amazing conversation with you anya thank you so much i think a lot of people can get a lot from this conversation i think thank you, thank you so much bye Thanks. bye